Saints and friends, countrymen and city dwellers, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of The Jigsaw, a podcast where we talk about how to navigate the craziest puzzle piece ever created, and that is the jigsaw of life. You know what we talk about on this joint, y'all. It is the perils, the praises, the productivity, the pump and circumstance of being a black millennial in America. How y'all doing out there? Y'all okay? Y'all taking care of yourselves? instituting self-care i hope that you are because those are some of the ways that we can make it through what is still very interesting times i mean things just keep happening people keep dying cases keep popping up and it's just mighty god when will it end all right but if you are implementing self-care, making sure that you're taking time for yourself, relaxing, breathing, what did uh, Whitley say in her therapy session? Relax, relate, release. <laughs> Doing all those things. Hey, Different World is one of my favorite shows. That's another sidebar, another interesting tidbit about me, the host. Um, but yeah, as long as you are doing those things and making sure that you're taking time to love on family, being loved, receiving love, making sure that you're doing whatever it is that you need to do to relax your mind, relax your body, answering questions with the full sentence of no, <laughs> saying yes when you need to, taking breaks when you need to, whatever you need to do, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I want to update y'all real quick. Told y'all last week that I was a part of a rally and a march called March for Us Atlanta. It was absolutely amazing. Your boy had an opportunity to speak, and um, I think I did okay. I think I did okay. People were inspired, got some really good feedback on what I had to say, and the march itself was very, very successful. We almost had a situation with a uh, a white gentleman who started marching with us and we didn't see he was hiding his sign at first and then as we kept marching I saw somebody actually pointed it out to me rather and I saw that his sign read F defunding the police murders already illegal now because this thing was for um, for the not for the church, but hosted by a bunch of us who are part of the same ministry. And it kind of had a churchy undertone in this organization. I think most of us kept cool. Most of us um, remained calm, had level heads. And he actually ended up disappearing and walking away from the from the march. So that was a good thing. But outside of that, it went super, super well. It was hot as a fool <laughs> outside, but I would do it all over again to make sure that we bring awareness and we let the people know and those people in place in high powers who are making decisions and creating legislations know that the stuff that's happening in our world is not okay. It's never going to be okay. And there's always going to be a group of us who are going to fight for justice. All right. So if you came to the rally and the protest, thank you so much. Your support was needed. Your presence was felt. Um, your presence was felt. And we appreciate every single thing that you did. All right. So let's get ready to get into the show. I am super excited about today's guest in the living room. We got some interesting things to talk about on the Billboard Report. Um, and we know you're going to rant a little bit. So let's get ready to get into it. Let's go into our first segment for this week, the Bless Up Report. Yeah. 
So this week on the Bless Up Report, we want to shout out a brother by the name of P. Michael Boone. He's an entrepreneur in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What's up, Philly? And he is hosting an entrepreneur summer camp for youth there in the city. Days July 27th through the 31st, and they'll be learning from professional chefs and mechanics and business owners on things like cooking and fixing stuff and business protocols, how to establish an LLC and financial literacy. This is actually super, super dope, especially in a time where we're seemingly um, don't have a lot of investment in black and brown communities, especially for the summertime, because a lot of parents do not know what to do with their children. But it seems like this man has found a way to really invest in his community. And even beyond that, he hosts a monthly Junior Barber Academy where he teaches young people how to cut hair. And the academy also offers free haircuts to low income and needy individuals. And it's open to anyone ages seven, seven years old to 21 years of age. Man, that is so freaking phenomenal because a lot of programs of that nature kind of stop at either middle school or right at high school so the fact that he's expanding it to 21 and allowing people to come in learn how to cut hair for free in addition to having a host of community engagement people to come in speakers and presentations and other business skills that will help them with learning the art of cutting hair now it does not replace cosmetology school but it does give them the upper hand to have those skills because we all know we had that um that person in our dorm in college who cut hair we got that family member who knows how to braid or whatever whatever on the side so until they're able to really go to school or can afford school it definitely gives them the opportunity to kind of use this skill to make some money to better themselves or whatever they want to do and the fact that he is taking low-income people and people who can't afford haircuts to come in and get a free haircut uh, as a result of this academy is absolutely amazing so we want to shout out our brother p michael boone if you want to find him and figure out what he's doing and donate to his foundation please do so you can look him up on instagram i don't have his exact instagram handle in front of me but if you type in p michael boone he will come up we just want to shout that brother out keep doing great things in the community we need you and we need more people like you all right Let's get into the billboard. You know what we talk about. This is our time where we talk about hot topics and cultural events. And we're just going to dive right on in. NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace found a noose in his garage prior to the race. Now, very interesting timing when this happened because NASCAR, I think we talked about it on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, just recently decided that they were going to ban, ban the use of the Confederate flag. And, you know, a lot of people got upset, mainly white folk (laughs) and those who cape for that particular flag. And just so happens that when NASCAR kind of returns in a limited capacity with, you know, crowds and stuff like that, that he enters his garage to get his car, whatever he was doing and finds this racist symbol in his garage. Now, not only was it just interesting timing with the banning of the Confederate flag? But it's also very interesting timing that there were two black men found hanging in public places. They're saying that they were suicides. I don't believe that. I just think I just don't believe that. I think it's way too too coincidental uh, for both of them to be killed in the same way. But that's neither here nor there. That's another conversation (laughs) for another day. So it was a constant reminder of what we're facing as black people and how there is still so much progress left 
um, left for us to, you know, to, to have and to go. There's so much progress left to go. And, you know, shout out to Bubba, to Bubba Wallace for maintaining his composure, for speaking out loudly against, against it, not letting it completely throw him off. And the other part about it is that he's really one of the only African-American black NASCAR drivers, like, in the top ranks. So it is super significant that it happened to him. Now, it would be egregious if it happened to anyone, especially a person of color, especially a, another black person. But because he is where he is in the ranks of NASCAR, it is very present. It is very loud. It was a statement and shame to you. And I hope they find – and here's the other thing. I'm going to get off this, is that those environments, are, especially since we're in this social, social distancing thing and this limited crowd capacity and all that at these races – and even beyond that, in those pits down there, in those garages, it is very limited access for people to be able to go through and to be able to do something like that. So it's, it probably would be very easy to figure out who was down there, who planted the noose, who put it in his garage. Like, I don't think that it's going to be hard to figure out. I hope NASCAR does their due diligence. They're talking a big game with banning the flag and the clap back that they had to the <laughs> to the to the white gentleman who said that he's not going to race if they don't like they they're talking a big game, you know what I'm saying? So I hope they bag that up and really do some real investigation, find out who is responsible for it, fire their butts and make sure that whatever kind of punishment or recourse that can happen does happen because that was absolutely unacceptable. If you are going to support black lives and really stand for black lives, you need to do your due diligence and find out who hung this noose. All right. So huh, we talked about Nicki Minaj and Takashi 69, I think two episodes in a row, more covers than I would ever want to give them. But what I will say is this, they reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Shout out to the name of this segment, the Billboard. <laughs> and, you know, Takashi has been doing what he's been doing, just loud and trolling the public and saying that, you know, y'all said people wouldn't want to work with me and this, 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 and the third. And Nikki also took to her Instagram and kind of said some of the same sentiments, but also acknowledged that um, <laughs> Takashi will be doing the most. So she kind of warned people, hey, look out for that because you know he's going to do the most. So on one end, I appreciate her for kind of knowing who she's working with and being knowledgeable of all that comes with him. But then I'm still kind of irritated that she decided to do not this song, but another song with him. But, you know, she's an artist. She chooses who she wants to work with. And kudos to them. I guess. Um, <laughs> staying in the vein of music, just for a little while, rapper T.I., um, Tip T.I. Harris, will be teaching a class at the coveted Clark Atlanta University. Shout out to my CAU folk over there, my AUC babies, and all of us who are in that community. He's teaching um, the business of trap music. Now, I am excited that Clark Atlanta is getting this kind of culturally relevant class that, you know, adds a, a little bit of fun to the collegiate space, the academic space, and it'll be a really dope elective and maybe an even better elective for those who are studying music or the business of music. I think Clark has a, like, business engineering and production program, so that may be a really dope elective. It's something to learn and pursue. Morehouse, a few years back, started an intro to hip-hop, and I think it was another hip-hop class that kind of discussed the cultural and historical aspects of it and things like that. So I'm always in tune and for classes of this nature where I find a little pause 
is the fact that T.I. is teaching it. Now, I get it that he calls himself the king of trap, and he's kind of the purveyor and the founder or whatever of the Trap History Museum or the Trap Music Museum, whatever it's called here in Atlanta. I've been to it. It's a pretty dope museum for what it is. Relatively small, but it's, it's dope. And so I get his place in trap music and, you know, being a part of the movement and all those types of things. But T.I., I'm not questioning his intelligence, but he has proven over the years that he has some questionable things to say, some questionable methods. Um, and I just don't. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of of the selection. As, let's just say it that way. Maybe as a guest presenter to a more academic who was teaching the class, sure. But for him to be the professor and be responsible for grades and all those kinds of things. And will he really have the time to show up twice a week, three times a week? Because most classes in the AUC are either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday and Thursday. So there's a lot of questions here. Maybe Clark Atlanta has worked it out. And maybe it's going to be a virtual class, especially with how institutions are implementing virtual learning in the fall due to you know them not knowing what's going to happen with COVID I don't know all the ins and outs what I do know is TI and you know from a distance how (laughs) how he responds to situations and how he calls himself educating people and things of that magnitude so shout out to y'all who gonna sign up for the class I'm sure it's going to be packed out immediately I ultimately I think it's a win for those students for the university but I'm low-key side-eyeing T.I. just being a professor. I just, I know he uses a lot of big words. Most of them really wrong, <laughs> but he uses them. Um, so, you know, overall, shout out to that. I feel like it's a win for CAU, and I'm always glad to see anyone in the AUC winning. So, I guess, again, congratulations. <laughs> We're going to end on a happier note, staying in music with the queen of entertainment. Y'all can say what y'all want to say, but she is a force to be reckoned with. And that is my girl, Beyonce Knowles Carter. She dropped a extra black, a black and a black and a black, black song on Juneteenth called Black Parade. And it is just what we needed. A lot of artists have been dropping kind of these social, socially conscious songs and some of them are good. Like, one of the ones I like the most is from Lil Baby. Now, pause for the calls. Lil Baby is, you know, one of my favorites right now. He is dropping hit after hit. He is just, his cadence, his flow, everything about him right now I'm feeling. And as much as I like the baby, Lil Baby is the better baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I love his song, but it was very kind of I heard Kid Fury say on the read kind of wade in the water waterish and you know the joke behind that is kind of like most of it has kind of been these kind of songs that it pushes the message and it gives us what we want to hear but it's very Negro spiritual-esque and kind of oh you know what I'm saying like and we just needed something I want something black and I appreciate the messages but I also need something with so much going on that's going to uplift my spirit and Beyonce did that it's a beat it got a trap thing to it i can see us playing at picnics and cookouts for times to come and some of my favorite lines was she said ben black maybe that's the reason why they always mad ben passed them i know that's the reason they all big mad and then she says motherland drip on me it is just so much she even opens it up to my head back to the south where my roots ain't watered down i mean it's just black 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 and i appreciate her for giving us just what we needed in this moment. So 
With all of that being said, let's get into the depth of our conversation. You know what it is. We're heading into the living room. Pull up a seat, grab your snacks, grab your favorite drink, whatever it is. We're going to have a really fun conversation. We're keeping it light again. Shout out to all of the people who listened to the Insecure podcast, the recap podcast, unofficial recap podcast last week. Had such a good time, but we're keeping it light again. And I got a super special guest. I appreciate who she is in culture and society. We're talking about relationships and social cues. Let's do it, y'all. Let's head to the living room. What's going on, y'all? We are back in the virtual living room, and I have a very, very, very special guest with me. Um, she's absolutely amazing, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Her name is Jennifer Trotter. Welcome to the living room. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell the people who you are, what you do. So my name is Jen. I am the founder of Single, Saved, and Social. It is a social events network for Christian singles. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people call me the singles whisperer um, because I talk about the things that Christian singles um, don't usually talk about or the church doesn't talk about when it mm -hmm. comes to relationships, um, godly singleness, and navigating the dating process. That's what's up. So you're, everybody should know she's absolutely perfect for this conversation <laughs> we're going to have. And I think it's dope because I haven't been in the dating scene in a very long time. I'm um, going on eight years of marriage over here. Congrats. Um, thank you so much. It's, you know, it's, it's work and a journey. <laughs> and I think quarantine, listen, I think quarantine has tested all of that. But <laughs> we are still here and strong by the grace of God. So I wanted to help some of the listeners who are in the dating area and trying to navigate this space. Um, but before we dive all the way in into the conversation, I want to ask a very upfront question. Um, mm. And we'll just see where it goes. How important oh. is it to present well in the overall dating experience? It's absolutely important. I think that <laughs> a lot of people, we graze over the physical attraction, the physical mm -hmm. appearance, the open in spaces that we, we, we almost try too hard instead of just showing up. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like we want to, um, okay, now I'm ready for dating. Let me, let me get myself together. And when you should be just presenting yourself all the time as this well put together person, that's, that's relative. However you put yourself together. Um, however you present yourself to the masses, however you, your image, whatever that looks like for you, there's no, you know, checks off for that, but right. just being, um, well groomed, uh, <laughs> Listen. um, social skills I think that so much we we put a whole lot of depth into the dating process when some of it is just basic one-on-one -on -one. does your breath stink um do <laughs> can people approach you so yeah so and, and I know a lot of times especially in Christianity they think it's vain for us to focus mm -hmm. on our looks and we should just be girl you should just want a good man or you just need to get that good woman but like mm -hmm. I have to be attracted to you too at some point, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I want what I want. Like, and I don't mm -hmm. think anything's wrong with that. Like, do you think there's anything wrong with like wanting or having the checklist? I think that 
So yes and no. Okay. I think that when it comes to my my famous saying is that God will never play you. Mm-hmm. Meaning, um, I don't care how deep and spooky I may be. I want something nice to look at every day. Right. Um, I don't believe that God is going to give me this package with this amazing content that I don't even want to touch. Right. I think the wrapping paper is important. It's not better than the content, but it is important. Um, I want that um, erotica type of love like Mm -hmm. I want that I want to be able to jump your bones I want I don't want it to be a task to have sex with you to look at you if we're really going to be in this for the long haul right um but I also think that some of the superficial things as far as there has to be standard and preference right so your preferences may be a little flexible so maybe he's not six six maybe he's six two like maybe (laughs) he's maybe he's not um for women or for men that exact physical physique that you want but if they are appeasing to you and you don't feel like they're settling in that area I think that's okay to go with um but I don't want us to be so focused on a list that we miss out on good people but I don't want us to be so fake deep that we act like we're gonna take everything mm. that comes our way because that's just not that's not realistic that's not realistic that's not, that's realistic. not realistic because if I'm honest like my superficial vanity list was like light skin, long hair, and every woman I dated in college actually was the complete opposite of that. Um, mm. My wife is nice and chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's beautiful too. She's Ain't gorgeous. she though? She's um, so like, so, so to that point, absolutely. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own like superficial standards that we think we want, right? That we could be really right. missing on what God has prepared. Or, you know, if you are not a believer in your soulmate, you know, what, what, whatever your whatever your verbiage is, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? We right. could really be missing out if we like stick to this, to your point, like this mm-hmm. very stringent list. So mm-hmm. let's go into a dating scenario, right? We're out uh-huh. somewhere, we're in a social, um, at a social event and social cues, they are a thing. Mm-hmm. Are people mm. really picking up on them or has like social media and virtual reality kind of distorted our ability to read people and their interests in us? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked this. So <laughs> absolutely no. People do not pick up on social cues. Like I think that social media is a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. but I think the blessing is you get to connect with so many different people. We, yeah. um, we get to meet people that aren't in our everyday neighborhoods, in our churches, workspaces, and things like that. So it expands your reach. However, we fail to put our phones down when it's time to be present in the moment. And I think that we really need to go back to just basic social skills. You don't even know, like, I talk to women all the time. They're like, I just don't, I just don't know what to do. Like, if he approaches me, hello, hi, smile. It's okay. It's <laughs> right. okay. I promise you it's okay if you smile. Like, I promise you, nothing will happen. Um, being able to talk to someone and have a conversation with them. And I think that's why we get so mingled up in the shooting your shot process and things like that, because we don't even know how to have um, basic conversations, complimenting one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't even do that as friends. So when it comes to the romantic side of things, it gets so construed because on social media, all you have to do is put an emoji. All you have to do is put a like and you can slide in the DM or in the comments and you don't even have to have a whole lot of content for somebody to be interested in you so I think that it's almost a catch-22 and we have to as much as we're advancing in technology don't miss those moments where you're in spaces in rooms of 
a potential bay, and because you're socially awkward, and this is not nothing against introverts or people who have who prefer different settings, but in that moment, attempt to be present. Smile. I tell women all the time, this rest and be face is going to keep you alone. Because if, if you look <laughs> like you don't want to be bothered, people are not going to bother you. Listen. So I think that's where we, and then we're, we're all in our phones. Like we're all trying to capture the moment instead of just really living in the moment. And I think that is, I know that that is really um, hindering some of us because you can't even catch the cue because you're so busy on your phone. Right. Like I tell, like I've like, so I'm a part of Cap Episode Returning Incorporated, best returning on this side of heaven, <laughs> if I must say so myself. Um, <laughs> and I've been out with some of my frat brothers and I'm like, and we are literally in a corner together. I'm like, why y'all around me? Like you trying to slide her DMs, like, but like just walk on over there. So to the whole resting B face, bro, it's the same for you. Like you can't uh-huh. be bugging from the corner and uh-huh. then be mad, be like, man, well, none of these women checking me out. Because I mean, because, uh-huh. because you trying to stroll all night or you trying to hang <laughs> with your boys all night, like that's not going to transfer. So like, why isn't the DM conversation transferring to reality, Jim? Uh-huh. I think because that's a place that you can hide. And when you're in the reality, you have to be present. I've met so many people that do not match their social media profiles. Like they, they don't have the personality that backs up the persona that they are online. And I mm-hmm. think that's a form of catfish. Like it's personality catfish. Listen. Like you, you lit online. Like you, you give it everything. You have this big personality, but it does not transfer to an in-person conversation. And that. I believe it's one of the biggest issues because even if you started with the connection online, if it mm-hmm. does not have that pers- in-person chemistry, it will fall flat and you have a loss. And, and it's hard to pick it back up because it becomes socially awkward and like messy. So I think, you know, people get to hide all the time. I could, I could think about what I'm going to say. I could type you something nice, right? right. And send it to you in the DM. Because I can think about it. Right, right. I can practice it. I can write it out. I can ask people, what do you think about this? But mm-hmm. in the moment, I really have to rely on my authenticity. And I think because people don't know who they are and they have not really tapped into their their whole personality, that it, it's hard for them to gather in that moment. See, that is so interesting because, again, when I was dating, like we had mm-hmm. Facebook, but I... Mm-hmm. I don't think I even had, I think I had a razor still and like, wasn't no getting on, like wasn't no apps, wasn't no nothing. So I had to like, I had to see Asha at choir rehearsal and pray and hope that she would respond to my little, my little moves and my little social cues. Um, So in these like moments of figuring out like who's responding to the cues, Whose responsibility is it now to do to, to make the first move? Are women shooting their shots or are you still waiting on the gentleman to come to you? Like So I think it depends on the type of woman and I okay. think it, it depends on what we define as shooting okay. your shot. Um I think that sometimes we think you know, compliments are shooting your shot. When other people say, no, that's not it. Some people are very bold. Hey, I think you're fine. I want to take you out. I'm not really with that approach, but I do believe that you can drop the hints online and in person that will present a moment. And then um, for me as a, as a female, the one uh, the man will take the cue and run with it. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm personally, because I am so aggressive and so in your face, I can't, 
I can't shoot the shot because what happens is if I take over the moment, I'm not going to take you seriously. But I will okay. let you know that there is an opening. <laughs> and if you don't shoot, baby, I don't. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how to help you. However, that's why I say it depends on the definition. Mm-hmm. I start conversations all the time. I have no problem saying you are very handsome. You smell good today. Or I have no problem. Tell me about yourself. Like in just the it, it, in just the feel of starting a conversation. So if that's shooting your shot, then you can say that I do that. But a lot of people don't really define it as that. I'm not telling you. I'm taking you out. I'm not telling you. You know, I'm not going to be super direct, but I'm going to lay some some chips and you just better follow the trail. <laughs> so, how do, <laughs> so, how, so how do you mitigate like the subtlety of shooting your shot while still, I guess, in some ways, not try to be too intimidating? I mean, you shouldn't have to think about that, but uh-huh. there are some men out there who have real fragile egos. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So like how like how do you balance that? Um, so for me, if I if I can honestly feel that he is interested, I will create a pathway. For okay. example, let's talk about online. Um, I know I see that you're always commenting on my stuff. I see that you're always liking. I see that you respond to my stories. So I will engage you in a way that lets you know, hey, I see you. Like, what's up? You know? Um, however, if you don't engage back in a manner that is aggressive right then i I can't help you like this is nothing for me i I created the doorway like i said hey the door is is a lot you know if you don't come in i don't i can't help you um in person i will engage you in a way that you know that i enjoy your company so a lot of people i'm learning josh they Mm -hmm. don't know how to have conversations it's one word back and forth right so you're going to know if you um if i say hey i really like your tie and you say thanks okay (laughs) okay right (laughs) okay um but if you say oh thank you um you can either compliment me or something or you could say hey i got it from nordstrom's up such and such where i live like there are certain doorways that you can take that will continue a conversation on but if you don't know how to play ping pong if you can't hit the ball back and forth I can't help you and I think that is one of the the issues the basic conversation skills are lacking and I think it does have a little bit to do with social media and Mm -hmm. I think it also has to do with black personalities but that's a story for another day listen um (laughs) we're gonna tap into it a little bit later but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do think to the earlier question about social cues, it, mm-hmm. it is exactly a thing. Because if I'm saying, if you complimented my time, I was just like, thank you. In your mind, you probably automatically think, oh, he's probably not interested. Mm-hmm. So like the lack of conversation is also mm-hmm. like your paraverbals, your nonverbal speaking, literally speaking and saying, I don't have anything else to say or I don't want to talk to you about it. Because you're right. Somebody come, oh, you like this? Like, even if it's like, you like this time? Yeah. Like, I'm going, like, I'm doing something. Then you're going to giggle. And we're going right. to awkwardness. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gonna, it can develop from there. There are so many ways that that thing can develop. So I guess, let, let, me, let me flip the question, too. How uh-huh. do you personally, I know you can't speak for all women, but uh-huh. how do you want to be approached? I'm a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Because I am so aggressive, I... And sometimes some of my male friends tell me I don't know how to take cues. And I think it's because not that I don't get social cues, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's just me engaging us, engaging in um, platonic conversation because I do like to talk. I've never met a stranger. So I need you to be like, Hey, what's up? What's your number? 
like or <laughs> <laughs> like because literally because i talk about so much and because i talk about singleness so much you may just be trying to get some if the homeboys love me you may just be trying to get some advice from me so i don't want to um be naive to that either but i'm, I'm very come direct I think you are pretty fly. I've been watching you and it works. I mean, some people, you know, I ain't gonna tell all my business, but some people, they gradually engaged me and then was like, um, yeah, so let's just exchange numbers. Like I, it doesn't have to be, I don't need a whole lot of tricks and giggles. Like mm -hmm. straight shooter is good for me. So let's talk about the, the additional nuances for all my church babies that <laughs> happens in the church <laughs> <laughs> that makes shooting this shot even more difficult. So woman of God. Uh -huh. <laughs> you so pretty woman of God. Uh-uh. No. Next. Next. <laughs> next. Because it's so overly churchy. And I think that in the church, that's one of the, um, the layers that um, keep us from really getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to know the church version of you. Like, I see that version of you. I want to yeah. know who you really are. I know you can preach. I know you're a title. Or I know you that you can play. Or I know your talent. Um, and who they call you. I want to know who you are. So right. the woman of God just I know I'm a woman of God. Like, I don't need you to keep telling me that. You know I'm a woman of God. That's why you're here. So don't, to me, it's extra fluff. And it just, I don't like that. That's just me. Some people, it may work. You get ignored. Because it's just, I, I feel like you don't have nothing to say. And that may be something that you use with all church girls. And that's just absolutely not going to work for me. So, no. No, absolutely. Because, I mean, I'm not just the man of God. I'm Josh. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you need to, I want to know your name, mm -hmm. right? I want to know, because again, to your points earlier, if this really becomes a thing, I want to know how you act at a restaurant for real. Like mm -hmm. we ain't doing intercession right before dinner. Like this is grace. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's I need to, I need to know while we're in the car that we can listen to something other than Shirley and mm -hmm. the Clark sisters. Like I need to mm -hmm. be able to understand you and to know you outside mm -hmm. of your church context. It does not mean that I'm dismissing your Christianity, right. right? Or I don't want, you know, a faith component in our relationship. But what it does suggest, right, is that there is an additional layer of your humanity mm -hmm. that I want to be attracted to as well. Mm -hmm. And as that's we so important. That's mm -hmm. so important because what happens is a lot of people, we connect in the spirit, but when we get out of the spirit, we have nothing to fall on because yeah. we don't know what we like together. We don't know um, the natural things that draw us to one another. So after we've shouted and after we've man of God, woman of God, and after we went to the service, we don't have anything to talk about because we have um, fixated on this superficial deepness that comes off sometimes like you are a human you you we live in the flesh we walk in the spirit but we are still wrapped in this flesh so yeah no so what are some of the ways that you think you know and let's just be honest about it the church mm -hmm. has failed us in developing like critical relationship tactics I think one of the reasons um, or one of the ways that they failed us is because we don't talk about it. We mm -hmm. don't talk about dating. You're single, you're abstinent, and then boom, magically, you get married. You're married. That, <laughs> that's it. And then you live happily ever after. We don't talk about that in-between space. We don't talk about what it means to be single and engaged in the dating process. What does that look like? Dating is not in the Bible, right? So... Um, because it is a cultural practice. It's not a biblical concept. So you can't find specific 
scriptures on dating. So I think that because it isn't there, we have just omitted the entire conversation. Mm -hmm. So people don't know what to do. They're socially awkward. They're preaching while we're talking on the phone. They're just doing (laughs) all these crazy (laughs) things like, you know, that it's just, is just not okay but i think because we have omitted the conversation we don't talk about how you feel how do you approach yeah. you know someone okay it's okay that you like her then let's talk about what that looks like for you how you think you want to approach her do you want to take her to dinner maybe you don't want to do dinner maybe you want to do an ice cream date after after church or after bible study um in a healthy way so people have to what they do is they hide they dip and dive or they do trial and error and because we don't have any covering and healthy conversations around it we ain't no telling what you can get out of it so i think that's the major way that we have failed i think um number two is we make it so hard that it's almost like unattainable now i'm not talking about living holy i'm not talking about you know resisting temptation Mm -hmm. but there isn't you don't have to speak in tongues to say that you like somebody like there isn't you know what i mean you don't have to well i sought the lord the lord said talk to her like i I just don't i didn't seek the lord you was just pretty you was just (laughs) fine and i want to get to know you like so i think we try to go up to the third heaven to come down to see if we can have a date and i'm like oh okay so i think that's how we we miss it we over church it and i i don't know if i subscribe to that just be human be who you are be honest about what you like and what you don't like and that's another issue you don't we don't know what we like and what we don't like so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so we just going on with anything we just going who is the latest who's daughter who's a uh, bishop's daughter that you want to date that you want some status where we also worry about the image of who we belong yeah. with instead of how we really fit together so i can go on and on but those Listen, are the two because i was told by a first lady that i needed a good kojic church girl because my i was dating my wife Mm-hmm. then girlfriend and mm-hmm. you know my wife came from the she came from the baptist church and you know mm-hmm. she she just can't start to come to church with me because it was a pretty decent church in atlanta and that that, mm-hmm. that person was like Mm-mm, you need you a good such and such and such and such and uh and i'm just like no, no that baby would have ruined I'm, your life i'm pretty good with what i well you know with what i have right now <laughs> what i have right now you know and i and i think that's so important that not only that we have these leaders who try to impose their thoughts on us or try to live out what they lack in their own relationship uh-huh. through their mentees or their sons uh-huh. and daughters. And that's not okay. Like uh-uh. if you didn't get it right, that's your issue, but I'm, <laughs> I'm working to get uh-huh. this thing right on my own. So uh-huh. beyond the Christian nuances, and there's, there's so many more, we could probably have a whole two, three hour dialogue. On <laughs> like what are some of the other nuances, challenges, or even beauties of navigating this scene as a black woman? I love it because I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the beauty because I think we talked about some of the challenges. Yeah. I love it because I am literally discovering myself in mm-hmm. the dating process. And that sounds crazy because we've been taught that you need to be whole. And once you're perfect and once you've checked all the boxes, then the Lord will provide a knight in shining armor for you. I am learning, um, dating is simply collecting data. And as I meet men and I talk to them, um, or I decide whether or not I want to engage in a, um, 
the possible pursuit of a romantic thing, I'm learning what I like and what I don't like, right? I'm learning what I'm going to tolerate and what I'm not going to tolerate. Mm -hmm. And I'm being honest about who I am and where I'm going as a Black woman, right? So meaning it's not okay for me just for you to make a certain amount of money anymore. Yeah. It's not okay for uh, for you just to drive a certain type of car because I'm learning the depth of who I am and where I want to go and how I see my future. I can see the triggers and I can see the trophies in people Come of on. who of who I want to who I want to be with. So even if um because I'm learning myself, because I'm honest with myself, I can meet someone and be like and they can be very interested and I have the audacity and the honor of saying no thank you because <laughs> you you know, I'm not just waiting to be chosen. I know who I am and you're not the person that I want to be connected to for the long term. So um it's it's so beautiful. It's 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 beautiful experiences talking to people learning about their stories Mm -hmm. learning about who they are what they want to be who they think you know they want to become um learning about their childhood learning about what is important to them in society do we have the same core values what i can tolerate what i absolutely will not tolerate um even in your you know even in how you view society, right? The conversations, how you treat people, your kindness meter, things like that. So I, it's beautiful for me because I'm really learning um, who I am and, and I'm dispelling the myth that I just have to accept anybody because I don't. Just because you're interested doesn't mean I have to be. So um, I think that's, that, that, and, and, and learning how to be responsible enough to say, I value you as a black man. I value you as a man and I'm mm-hmm. not the one for you. So I'm going to release you to find whoever else you need to be. Come be on. Because it's not, it's not <laughs> me. And that, that comes with maturity, right? Yeah. That comes with, yeah. it's no, or no, no um, hard feelings. It, this just it, isn't it. Learning how to build friendships with the opposite sex. Learning how to be mature and walk away um, without all the messiness. So it's because we have this concept because you, I want to just make sure I tap in on the black woman process we have this people want to put this angry black woman on us right Mm -hmm. that we're this we're always angry we're always bitter and that is not my experience or even if I feel like I'm about to go there learning what my triggers are so I'm not this um this unruly this dissatisfied person all the time yeah I'm learning about what what's for Jen and what's not no that's true that's 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 fair and you said something that um I originally wasn't going to talk through but I think it's kind of important like the idea of platonic relationships between the opposite sex. I think mm-hmm. so many times we are almost taught or I don't know, kind of trained even in society to think that, you know, men and women can't be friends. They can't, mm-hmm. there's always going to be some kind of sexual something if they find it. Like let's, let, let's process that for us for a second and a half. Like <laughs> how do you process, you know, so cause you said the home, like you, like the homies, mm-hmm. the homeboys love you. Cause you, you know, you're mm-hmm. dropping the gems on them. How do mm-hmm. you handle and navigate those friendships with men who are also pursuing other women outside of you? So for me, so you mean we're dating as well, or they're well, or well, well, well. Let's well, let's 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 ooh, let's <laughs> let's go there. So you're not dating. So these are the homeboys. But then mm-hmm. on the flip side, if it's not serious, are you willing to be like he's exploring options? I am too. Yes. So there's two things. One, um, the language for bro is different from the language for bae. So if you hit me as a homie, if I see you as a brother, 
Mm-hmm. You're probably not coming out of that pocket because I don't see that romance. <laughs> I don't have that attraction. And you yeah. can be fine. You can just not be my type. So it doesn't mean that you're not attractive. It just means you're not the person for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that that, that is a thing. There, I talk to you different ways. I talk to you different times of the day. I talk to you. Uh, we talk about different stuff, right? Like if so, if you're broke, I'm telling you about somebody, you know, we, we're having an exchange. I may be talking to you about somebody. What do you think about this? And he did X, Y, and Z. What that means? Like, you know, <laughs> right. give me the code. Give me, hit me <laughs> on game, right? So that's what we're doing. And you're saying, Jim, man, da 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 And I'm like, bro, she playing you. Like, she don't like you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can keep reaching out. She's, she's telling you she doesn't. So that's what that exchange looks like from a sibling type of perspective. Yeah. Now, I am open to... um multiple dating or I have been open to multiple dating and that means that not that you're dating random people all at the same time but we're casual right now and your business is your business my business is my business let's just be respectful but that also yeah. means that I'm not I'm not calling you baby that also means I don't have any expectations of you calling me every day and you don't have the same like we're seeing if we casually could you know if this is a thing if mm-hmm. we if we have the one-on-one to even connect to possibly go to another place um but i'm okay with that i just think that a lot of people aren't mature enough for that because we want to know everything about everybody yeah. and we want to be in control because for me like people say well you you okay with sharing the thing is it's, it's not necessarily about sharing you doing you and i'm doing me you can like two different chips at different times right like mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily I think, you know, it, it, it's different simply because you have to make sure you don't have your wedding dress on the second conversation. Come like, on, it's really, help them. <laughs> it's really just a gradual collecting data type of process. And no, they're not in competition with one another. And they may not even happen at the same time. It could be I started talking to um, Brian, you know, two months ago, and he lives in... Um, California you know what I mean and we're seeing if can we do a long distance thing on opposite side of of the world like do we like the same thing we may have a work schedule that we can't talk all the time then maybe that fizzes out you know a little bit it's nothing real serious and then two months later Mike comes along and we're having a conversation I'm not committed to Brian I have no there is no nothing set we you know we tried maybe it will work in the future maybe it won't but there's nothing serious that doesn't hinder me from talking to mike mike may or may not be you know the person say Mm -hmm. that fizzes out a little bit he's you know i just think that it has to be responsible it has to be honest and it cannot go too fast so often we're already at the altar at yeah. date number three so that key if you're that type of person that's not for you because that doesn't mean that brian can't come back right mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's just because you know every time i say it people think so what you just first of all no adult has time to date 10 people at the same time not a real adult this is too much work <laughs> but it's just basically i'm committed when i'm committed when that conversation comes up then it comes up so what does that evolution look like? So going from the collecting data with maybe, you know, two or three people to be like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think he's the one I want to, you know, take all this mm-hmm. data. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that we both have to have that conversation with each other. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it, to me, it looks real casual. Like, hey, are you talking to other people? Um, well, and it's an honest moment, right? Because we haven't had this conversation before. Right. Yes, no. 
Okay, well, how do you feel about that? And be honest with how you feel. Well, I'm kind of digging you a little bit. And I, you know, I think I would like a little bit more than what we have now. And that person has the option to choose whether or not, because we're not committed, so we're committed. And then I think that when it, most of the times when it graduates to that next level, because you're into each other, you're spending a lot of time on the phone, you're spending a lot of um, physical time to each other, that naturally what should happen if you are intentional is that the other people will start to fall off and you don't have to give everybody a pink slip but if you ain't called them in three weeks i mean i mean pretty much (laughs) that's pretty what it is right (laughs) so i that's how it works for me um i'm very honest about i'm committed when i'm committed and i think being honest with the other person and giving them that option to choose and having those you know i just had that conversation like you know, and the person asked me, you, you talking to other people? Would you feel a certain way if I talk, talk to somebody? And I was like, mm, kind of at this point. He's like, okay, I'm not talking to other people. You know, we can focus on each other. So I think it's just, it's an honest conversation. I think we do a lot of assumptions where there needs to mm. be communication. So yeah, that's how it can work. It does not work for everybody, you know, because everybody wants to date 15 people in a year and, you know, think they're going to marry them every four months so i don't yeah, no. you know it just depends <laughs> so there's like there's so much i think pressure on people in general to produce and to do certain things within certain time frames is there like are timelines realistic for for dating like from dating to marriage or whatever like should we be or should they be because i'm not should, <laughs> should, people, should people be like you know what i'm gonna do this by 35 or you know if or let's take it a step further. If we are dating and he doesn't propose within a year, then I'm out. Like, are those timelines fair? No, I think that w- when you have that expectation, you have to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that people could love you. And, and again, I don't believe, let me make this clear. I don't believe that you should be dating someone or if, if your goal is marriage, I don't think that you should date someone for 10 years and think that that is a realistic goal. However, I think that we have to allow people to be where they are, where they are mm-hmm. and then ask ourselves if we can honestly handle that. Like, this is what I want, right? I yeah. would like to be married. I would like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And to ask that person to answer you honestly so that, that you're not disappointed and that you're not waking in the shadows forever for this proposal that may not happen in your timeline. Things happen. I mean, realistically, look at us. We're in a quarantine. Yes. So say that you really was feeling somebody and it was real serious. Is it realistic for him to propose right now according <laughs> right. to your timeline? And he may be financially strapped. He may be have full of anxiety it's a lot that's going on that is not fair maybe that person is working on their own um physical development to be that person for you but to say i think sometimes we miss out on incredible people because we're rushing the process Mm. now again i don't think it has to be forever but i heard this saying a while ago and it struck a chord with me there is no rush to forever if we know that we're going to be together what are we rushing for? Like, why do I have to put so we can just have, you know, again, if you value marriage, things like that. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, because I don't want to send a mixed signal that mm-hmm. Jen said you could be with him for 12 <laughs> years. No, that is not what I'm saying. But I think that you have to have realistic um, expectations for your relationship. Yes. Like, stop looking at other people. Yes. 
if he just came out of um, bankruptcy and you're saying, I need a house tomorrow. Okay. Like, I mean, we got to be realistic about where we are. And I agree with that because I think that also dismantles the mantra of, Oh, when he know, he knows. And I don't think that that's wrong because when a man knows, he does know. But it also is to the point that just because, like, I have a great inkling or a really strong idea that she's the one does not mean still, right, that I'm ready to be a husband. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. before I proposed to my, my wife, we, we had our first son. Mm -hmm. And people were like, you know, y'all should just move in together. Or y'all should do this and do that. And I was like, well, from a Christian perspective, you know, <laughs> We already had the baby. That don't mean I'm just going to jump in living <laughs> with her. And, uh, and me and Asha had the very honest conversation. Mm -hmm. we were like, just because we're having this baby does not mean that we have to be husband and wife. Mm -hmm. It may mean that we're going, we're going to be great co-parents. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the development of our relationship that took us further than that. But we had the honest conversation because I, when I told my pastor back home, he was like, marry And I was like, no. <laughs> Senior in college. So <laughs> beyond all of that, I am not ready to be any, anybody's husband. I'm not like, and I had plans to go to law school and all these kinds of things. And mm -hmm. all this selfish or not, I would not have at that moment been invested in a marriage mm -hmm. had I taken that step. And I mm -hmm. think it is so unfair to your point to like, granted, you should not be waiting 10, 12, 15 years and y'all have talked about marriage and that's something that you mm -hmm. want to do. But at the same time, even for the woman, like if you haven't had that conversation with her and maybe she wants to finish this master's degree or do exactly. something, whatever, 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 like we have to be okay with honoring people's goals, what they want to fulfill still in their technical singleness mm -hmm. um, and not and to your point, what's, it's so amazing you said that there is no rush to forever. Like mm -hmm. I can be sure and still be patient. Mm -hmm. That's that's a word. That is such a word. And I think <laughs> that because we're racing, you know, um, looking at other people, look at what they're doing. That we mm -hmm. put on these, put this unrealistic pressure on ourselves. And I'm so glad that you said the woman. I mean, there's so many different things because when you get married, there is a shift. There yes. is a like I have to be ready to be all in mm -hmm. to be your wife and our life together. So if I'm not ready for that, it's unfair for me to just rush the process and us just say, well, wait, I, I don't got no time to be cooking for you. Don't you see I'm traveling the Thanks. world? Like, yeah. don't you see I'm trying to get this degree? That's to me, that's just, that's not right. So I think that we have to be sure, even in our knowing, like we have to process even in, I know this is the one. So, yeah. Yep. And I think there's a level of accountability to my own personhood. Like, because there's a different, I tell, I told one of my best friends when he got engaged, he was like, man, she different. I said, well, let me, let me, let me talk to you. <laughs> I said, because you're going to experience a few different versions of this woman. You had the friend. Mm -hmm. I said, you had the girlfriend, the fiance and the wife, and she's going to forever evolve. He was like, Josh, what does all this mean? I said, well, what it means is, <laughs> is that every step, she has a different expectation of you as a man. So mm -hmm. to your point, like when we're friends, we're bros, you're just a bro. We're kicking about blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. That evolved into a relationship. So mm -hmm. now she expects, you know, a certain level of commitment. She expects a certain level of exclusivity, like all these mm -hmm. things. Now that you're engaged, like that, again, that expectation of you evolves even more. She's looking at what kind of provider you are. How are you handling her in maybe her bridezilla moments if she's having one? How are you mm -hmm. dealing with the coming together of families and all this planning? And then when you shift a husband, 
Like you ain't hanging out with the homeboys every Saturday no more. You're not do like the her expectation uh-uh. is changing. And if you yourself are also not ready to meet those expectations and to be accountable to what uh-huh. a husband or even a boyfriend is, yeah. right? Even in your sureness, like you have to be realistic to yourself. Mm-hmm. To know that there's going to be a change. Yes. And and actually, am I ready for that change? And that's mm-hmm. when I had to like really be real with myself. So many women are saying, "I want a husband. I want a husband." I remember T D Jake saying one time, it's it like slapped me in my face. He said, "Stop asking for a husband, and you don't have time to be a wife. Like you don't you don't, you don't have the physical schedule." And I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> like, cause things shift. Like, and yes. I literally am forsaking." me I for us and if you're not ready for that I think that's the unrealistic um things in marriage that we don't talk about like it's not just about me my agenda what I want to do where I want to go it's about us and if you're not ready for that it's okay that you slow down and process and figure it out because Josh let me tell you since I didn't been this little single advocate I have heard so (laughs) many wives say yo I just wish I would have had the freedom that you have because I was so focused and focused on being married that mm. I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do. And it's, it's not that they don't want to be married to their husbands. They love their husbands, but that time that I could have been writing those books, that I could have been jumping on those things, that yes. I could have been at those events. I was so fixated on this wedding dress, this wedding day, and this forever that I was going to have always anyway, that I did not invest in myself, that I did not get what I wanted at that time. And now that time is gone. That is so good. It's gone. That is so good. And I think those lessons keep us out of um, counseling chairs unnecessarily because I do right. for marriage counseling. Me and Ash should do like a yearly checkup just because. Yeah, um, I think because we get we get on each other's nerves. I'm telling you, this is work. Marriage is work. It is beautiful, but it is literally to my to my earlier point the evolving of two human mm. beings consistently. Because the woman mm. I married in 2012 is not the same woman in 2020. She's a mother mm. of two now. She is like when we got married, she was in grad school. She's a career woman. Um, she's mm. starting some entrepreneurial endeavor. So like she's a totally evolved and. I I'm loving it, mm-hmm. but, it is, but it, is, I, it is a different woman. And if I'm not yeah. careful, I can be like, wait a minute, this ain't what mm-hmm. I signed up for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, yeah, so like definitely I'm not saying that, but I am saying that if you don't have the opportunity to discover and really live in who you are before joining with someone else, like you're bringing unnecessary, um, almost conflict sometimes, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. into the marriage. So I, I know we, we, we could keep going on, but I'm, I'm going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to ask this, though, in light of just the climate that we, we're in, is there any, like, pre-trauma, is the way I want to kind of word it, that you have of pursuing or marrying a Black man? I think one of the things that scares me that I had to really sit with the last week is being a safe place for him, knowing that I can be that safe place for him when he has a target on his back every day. Like I literally have been sitting with like, because so much is going on and so much grievance is happening. Like, do I even have the capacity to worry about him? every day to Mm. worry about if he has PTSD from the different things that he's experienced. And I don't think we realize that it's not just in the military that you can have this post-traumatic stress um, on your life, but your childhood, um, just even being a black man, being, having some experiences that I, I don't have, that I would never experience. Right. Um, 
that's probably like knowing, am I okay enough? Am I aware enough? Am I um, present enough to notice when he's not okay, when he won't tell me? Mm-hmm. Like to notice when he is, um, he really wants to be vulnerable. Am I willing to shut my mouth? long enough to hear yeah. what his heart is saying when he really may not be able to muster the words because of you got to be everything to everybody i expect for you to be this strong man you got to be this you got to fight in the streets you got to fight racism you got to fight you know at work you got to fight all of these things am i am, am i um do i have the capacity to be a safe place for you to lay your head um to quiet the world out and to really massage the wounds of your heart Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things um, that I've just been kind of meditating on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, I want me a black man, a, a, a nice. Now, I, you know, make I'll it plain. I, I, you know, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I will. You know, Lord, I'm open to other colors, but I, there's, I have an amazing. A black man coming up with different shades. So that, there it is. Saying- <laughs> <laughs> I was in, I was raised by an incredible black man my father is a man of incredible resilience so i know the makings of a hard working um ongoing never giving up knowing how to persevere forgetting you know everything type of man so i want that i want that cool man that's (laughs) yes that just that just fed my soul (laughs) glory to god i think (laughs) Do you have any um, final or just last nuggets or lessons that you can give to singles who are wanting to get into the dating game or navigate it successfully? Um, number one, be yourself and being yourself. You have to know who you are. Um, really take the time before you attempt to even connect yourself to anyone else to find out where you are in life. What do you like yeah. yourself? Now, don't say things and do things because you think that's what other people want you to do, but really learn um, yourself and give your, yourself the space to evolve. Um, don't take yourself so seriously as far as just being overwhelmed and anxious with the dating process. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing to get to know people, even if it doesn't work out, be mature enough to know that there was either a lesson or there was just a beautiful contact that maybe just wasn't meant to be long term Mm -hmm. but have fun have fun yeah like we've been in a quarantine y'all like if if there has never been a time to get to know people (laughs) baby this is the time and you cannot um you cannot do it unsure of yourself one of the things that i tell people and I, i will always preach is that confidence and ambition is sexy and if you know who you are people will want to get to know who you are. Like you got to, you got to own it. Yeah. Like, you know, you owning it and your confidence in who you are and what you want to be and your um, assurance in yourself will attract the right people. Now, now I ain't talking about no fake cockiness. I'm talking about just being well-rounded. Listen, yeah. <laughs> like don't just, no, arrogance, no. You get <laughs> shut down and you still be alone. Um, but knowing <laughs> who you are being well-rounded and assured of who you are and where you're going is, it's attractive. It's attractive. So. Listen, I am so happy that you decided to join me in my, on my couch in the virtual living room. This has been, um, an amazing conversation. Um, before we okay. end this segment, Jen, let them know how they can follow you or some things that you got coming up next. 
Okay, so actually I am a guest at the Love Hour Conference with um, Mr. and Mrs. Kevin on stage, Melissa and Kevin Frederick. Come on! Uh-huh, so it's going to be a virtual conference. Um, you can check them out. The tickets are only $30. I will be speaking on singleness, so that's coming up. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lady Inspiration and on Facebook um, at Jennifer Trotter. And let me tell you something, brothers. If you can't spell inspiration, then she's not it. Stay <laughs> out of the DM. Okay, because I know some of y'all may have just got confused real quick. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you, Jen, for joining us. Let's get ready to go to our next segment. They like to call I Am My Brother and Sister's Keeper. We're going to talk about black self-care. All right, so we're back for another week of Black Man and Woman Self-Care. In this segment, we love to call I Am My Brother and Sister's Keeper. I have a, a lovely woman on the mic with me tonight. Um, <laughs> so, Jen, what are you going to be doing this weekend for self-care? So, what I've been doing, or what I'm going to do this weekend, is really just turning my phone off. Um, I like to read. I like to watch movies and while some people may think it's just being lazy it's really a time of resting and tuning out the world i'm not going to be connected to social media putting that phone on do not disturb yeah. giving myself a pedicure um taking some naps but i'm definitely going to be catching up on some tv and reading a book i think it's a way just to quiet my mind and um, with some lit candles get that ellipticus in your diffuser baby you will be at the spot like i <laughs> that is Listen. what i am going to be doing this weekend that, that and you deserve you absolutely <laughs> deserve i am going to um brothers i'm i'm going to deep condition my quarantine fro um it's been, it's been growing out and I haven't had a haircut since Father's Day. Um, so, <laughs> and I refuse to get one prior to that. I'm like, Ash, I ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. So I'm going to take mm -hmm. care of throwing this beard that's been flourishing. I, I've never worn one or grown one. And my mm -hmm. dad is loving it more than anybody because they already, we all, people always said we look alike. He wears a beard. He's like, son, keep it. We look just alike now. I'm like, dad, I, I don't know what kind of vicarious living you're doing right now, <laughs> but I'll, I'll entertain you for a second. But no, I'm just going to take care of Josh because I think even as men, we don't mm -hmm. oftentimes just like sit back and take care of us. So mm -hmm. if my kids don't bother me to complete insanity this weekend, I am going to just <laughs> take care of me. That's Hopefully they'll let you get your beard done. You'll let I you do so. your beard. You know what I'm saying? Put a little oil on it. So all, you know. <laughs> but we'll be amazed how much that that stuff, oh my goodness, just taking the time to really pamper yourself and just taking yeah. those moments to quiet your mind. It, I know it helps me. I know it helps me. No, and, and oh, it's going to help me. Even if I got to lock those jokers up upstairs somewhere, it's going to help me. <laughs> but thanks again, Jen, for joining me. We're going to wrap up the podcast and go into our last segment, A Greater Conversation. Let me talk. Let me talk. So we're back for another moment of A Greater Conversation. And you know what we do here. We kind of rant and rave and read and drag and <laughs> just have important conversations last week i hit you with something very sentimental to my heart it was less of a read but more of a conversation for us and this one is sentimental but it's going to go back to the essence of what a greater conversation is and i want to talk about the fact that some of our timelines are going back to normal and we are not as loud and boisterous um, as we could be. And particularly around Breonna Taylor and her death. Now, 
She was killed, if you do not know, by some unidentified officers who was doing this kind of investigation for somebody they was looking for. But anyway, they had this like no knock warrant. Her boyfriend was there, thought that somebody was intruding. He grabbed his gun, shot. They shot in the home, I believe, 22 times. Eight of those bullets hit Breonna Taylor while she was in the comfort of her comfort of her home sleeping. Until this day, those officers have not been arrested or prosecuted. One of them um, has been fired, which is, you know, all great, but that's not enough. Kentucky went as far as to pass the Brianna law, which is cool, but I find it very inter- interesting, rather, that you can pass a law in this woman's name, but you cannot provide the justice that she deserves for her life by arresting those cops. They killed her, all right? Her boyfriend asked and yelled out, you know, and they did not announce themselves. And there are witnesses, neighbors who said that they heard the shooting and stuff and they did not announce themselves. And the person that they were looking for was not even there. They were at the wrong apartment and the individuals of interest were already in police custody at the time. They deserve to go to jail. They deserve to be prosecuted. And it makes absolutely no sense why they have not faced any type of retribution for their heinous activities. It is upsetting. It is frustrating. And as much as I love what we've done for George Floyd and Richard Brooks and everyone else, and I appreciate and I would do it all over again. We cannot be silent about Breonna Taylor. It is egregious, right? Our black women are already one of the most discriminated um, cohorts of people in the entire world. And this particular moment kind of magnifies that. You know what I'm saying? Again, I am not dismissing anyone's death because any black person's death on the streets in the hands of racism and terrible police officers is a tragedy. But the fact that Breonna Taylor keeps going to the back is un. It's 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 it's, it's we, we we ain't handling it. We ain't having it, right? We're not having it. So let's keep making noise, right? This is to our people. Let's keep making noise. Let's keep the hashtag going. Let's keep marching. Let's keep calling. Let's keep writing letters. Let's keep going up to the mayor's office and the and the capital, state capital, and and demanding justice, right? Them pressuring the police department to do their job. Do you understand me? And to the people who are in the right places, who are writing legislation, who are passing laws, who has the authority to prosecute do your freaking job as well it makes no sense and we will not rest until justice is served okay we will not rest the revolution will be televised i'm sick of it and speaking of that since we're talking about cases let's talk about brother elijah mcclain an eccentric introverted young brother who was just minding his own business somebody called the police can we pause for the calls though before we talked about the police officers and the, I think the fire department that issued or the ambulance, whoever, who issued us sedating him or whatever. Let's talk about the person who called the police. Stop calling the police on black people just because they look, quote unquote, suspicious. Every single time that you feel uncomfortable in your privilege and you call the police on us, you are literally, I said it about uh, Amy Cooper in the park. Every time you call the police, you are issuing a death warrant on a black person because you 
you never know what kind of crazy, ill-trained, trigger-happy cop that you are going to get. And that is exactly, he wasn't necessarily trigger-happy, but the way that they um, handled him and the way that they threw him on the ground, all the accounts about the, even the freaking cash, he was like, I'm not threatened, I've seen it before, he's just, you know, it's just who he is. And people in the neighborhood knew who he is. It is a shame that we can't, you know, cover our faces because we're cold or do whatever we want to. He was getting tea for free, it reminds me of Trayvon Martin. And it is so freaking heartbreaking, okay, that there's another hashtag because somebody senseless. Decide, and then, and, and, you, and you don't get a pass by saying, you know, he looks suspicious, but I don't think he's any threat. If, he, if you didn't think he was any threat, then why are you calling the freaking police? That doesn't even make sense. What you what you probably did was trying to CYA, cover your own tail, because you understood that if this ever came out, somebody would have to recount or look at the transcripts of that phone call so you can be able to backhand it and say, well, I said that he didn't look suspicious. Well, if, if he wasn't a threat, he looked suspicious if he wasn't a threat, then what is the point of calling? What was the point of calling? He was minding his business. I'm sure with a with a convenience store bag full of stuff in his hand, casually strolling as he typically does. This was not his first time doing this, man. And if it was your first time seeing him, then that's too bad for you. It's too bad for you. But it is not the time to call the police. Even the police get there, they're aggressive. He's yelling out. And because he is, you know, introverted and eccentric, he's saying stuff like, I don't I do not do this. I'm not about this stuff, blah, 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 blah. He's defending his character in ways that he shouldn't even have to. He's asking not to be touched. He's calling for his mom. And, you know, he, and because he does get a little irate, you know, they sedate him with a dosage that was beyond his weight capacity and his size. He has a seizure, I believe, or some kind of reaction, I, if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't want to be wrong, but he has a reaction to that and he goes into cardiac arrest and he dies. You are responsible for his death and you deserve to be prosecuted in jail too. Let's not let up. We're not going to be silent about Breonna Taylor. We're not going to be silent about Elijah McClain. I am tired of it. I am absolutely freaking tired of it. Like I am shaking right now, even talking about it because it is unnecessary. It is so unnecessary. So freaking unnecessary. And this isn't even new. Like this happened a while back. It is just kind of resurfacing. You know what I'm saying? It is so, so, so trash. And it has to stop, y'all. I don't know what else to say. It has to stop. So black folk, keep fighting. Other POCs who are non-black, keep fighting. Be allies. White folk, be an ally, be an accomplice, use your platform, use your voice. We need everyone together. But black folk, we got to stand together. We got to keep fighting. This is really our fight. But if you're going to be an ally, if you're going to be an accomplice, we welcome you. This is the cookout. We make jokes about it, but this is it. And if you can't ride with us here, you definitely can't ride with us when times are going well either. So either you with us or you ain't. That's the end of it. All right. So. I'm gonna get off my soapbox because I don't want to. I don't want to leave this on a on an upsetting note. But I had to let y'all know what was up with that, and that it is absolutely, positively not. Oh, okay. So that wraps up the jigsaw for this week. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining, man. I'm always super appreciative, and I do not take it lightly that you take an hour or so of your time with me every single week to listen to what I have to say and me and my guests. Shout out to Jen Trotter, who is absolutely amazing. Um, make sure you follow her, follow what she's doing. You already know how we do. All of the contact inform information will be in the show notes. By way of announcements, 
I am hosting my weekly cardio class. So you can join me this Saturday. It's only $5.50. Um, you can register on my website. It's IamJoshRogers.com. Click the shop link, then click um, Shop Fitness, and it'll take you right there. You can sign up. It is virtual, so you don't have to leave your home or anything like that. We start at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. If you want to learn more about the class, there's a brief description there. You can go to the J Work page on that same website to read more about it. It'll lead you to a link to join us in our Facebook community group where we have accountability and we encourage each other and motivate each other to live holistically better lives. So I would love for you all to join me this coming Saturday. Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 Central, all that good stuff for about 45 minutes of a full body cardio workout. I think it's going to be super dope. Um, also, by way of announcement, um, Black is the Movement merch I dropped this week, and they're really dope. Shirts are $20, and you can find those on IamJoshRogers.com as well. Uh, I would really love and appreciate your support. Um, get a shirt. If you get a shirt, tag me in it, all that different kind of stuff. We have got a couple of questions that came in, so we're going to answer about maybe one. Um, see how many we can get in based on our time next week, so that'll start next week. So if you have any questions, anything that you want my advice or whatever on <laughs> you can email the podcast at the jigsaw podcast at gmail.com and we will probably read your question aloud give you a pseudonym and all that different kind of stuff to keep you anonymous all right so be sure to follow us on socials at the jigsaw podcast on instagram um and then you can follow me at i am josh rogers on instagram joshua j rogers on facebook all that good stuff love y'all appreciate y'all and remember don't let life stress you out, but do what you can while you can the best way that you can. But remember this, don't you ever get caught with your work undone. Love y'all. See y'all next week. That is a wrap.